You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. There is a place where time stands still, where nature is harsh and demanding, where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel 3CR's look at what's going on in the Australian film industry. And uh, we're going to do a bit of a flashback, but it's a fast forward as well. We're having a chat with Miranda Nation who uh, is the uh, director and writer of a film called Undertow. Uh, G'day, Miranda. How are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Good. Now, this uh, film uh, has had a reasonably long life, in a sense, because it was part of of the um, Melbourne Film Festival uh, seating grant uh, arrangement. I'm sure they call it something else, but they gave you... Premier Fund. Yeah, Premier Fund. That's it. And uh, But what's so fantastic about this particular film is because that it's uh, such uh, a female... Pr- uh, uh, from the from the view of the females in the film as well as the people behind the camera are predominantly female. Can you talk That's to right. us about the journey of this film? Yes, so it has been, as you said, quite a long journey. Um, the producer and I, Lynn, um, met at the Australian Film and Television, um, Film Television and Radio School back in 2011 and teamed up uh, and we made a short back in 2013 through Australia, uh, Screen Australia's Springboard program that was uh, a standalone short but um, was designed to act as a calling card for the feature in terms of thematically and stylistically. Um, we then continued working on the feature um, uh, and we shot it in 20, early 2017. Uh, it was then, as you said, part of MIF in 2018 and now uh, we are finally having our cinema release. So, yes, a long road. Very exciting, though. Uh, you must have taken yes. it to the festivals as well. We did. So we uh, had our international premiere at the Edinburgh Film Festival and our North American premiere at Austin Film Festival. Now, because this film is actually about a very topical subject and a tough one in the Australian context uh, about... Uh, uh, the uh, celebrity status of uh, footballers and how that actually affects their very bad, potentially bad behaviour when it comes to uh, preying on uh, uh, young women, effectively, and also their personal lives. That's what it's really about, isn't it? Oh, look, I see that the football um, element is kind of a backdrop, really, and a subplot to... For me, the key story is the relationship between the two women. So uh, just to give a bit of context, Claire uh, is grieving the loss of a pregnancy close to term uh, and she meets uh, teenage Angie who's pregnant and she starts to project her unresolved grief onto Angie and Angie's child. So 
for me, that's always been the heart of the story is that relationship between the two women and the uh, element of the kind of footballer who's fallen from grace and who's, um, you know, sort of alpha masculinity, which was lauded on the field, is um, translating into, you know, um, dangerous behaviour off the field is part of my exploration of, of the body and our relationships with our body, but not necessarily the main part of the story, if that makes sense. Oh, that's interesting because uh, I suppose that uh, is part of uh, reclaiming the uh, the story from a female point of view. Yes, I suppose so. You know, it started for me with wanting to create two really interesting roles for women and wanting to portray a relationship between two women in a way that was quite complex and multifaceted. So, um, yeah, it, and Bonnie and I, the DP, and I talked a lot about wanting to portray the story through the female gaze and um, definitely was about reclaiming that, that sense of um, the female empowerment. How did uh, it translate? Uh, how did uh, people from other countries relate to this film? Oh, look, we got some really great responses internationally and I think there's something um, that transcends, you know, culture in a, in a lot of the elements of the story. The story of grief and the story of kind of mental illness and obsession is something that obviously, um, unfortunately, but is, is something that translates um, worldwide and likewise the story of, um, you know, the bad behaviour and the, the scandals that occur in that elite sporting world are, um, you know, translate everywhere there's, there's similar stories to be found in the UK or Europe unfortunately wherever you look basically in the US yeah it's it's a, it's really it was the reason why I brought it up to begin with I suppose is mm. because uh this um the point of view of women when it comes to that discussing discussing those issues is completely sidelined as a general uh, and it really shows you, and I suppose I have to use the patriarchy word here, but it mm. really does actually show the dominance of the patriarchy, really. Absolutely. And when I was researching, you know, there's so many stories like this and and not just in the sporting world, but, you know, in many male-dominated industries and as we've seen with the fantastic Me Too, Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement, it's, it's just the system is built in such a way that it's very hard for... Um, a woman's voice to be heard and there's so many kind of um, obstacles in place in the legal system for a woman to actually make a claim and get it heard and get justice so you know it's we've still got a long way to go I think in terms of dismantling some of those structures. Oh I think so too and I also wanted to ask you there has been a long journey getting this as a theatrical release can you tell us some of that journey? Uh, Yes well I think it speaks to the fact that for small Australian films it's just a very hard marketplace. Um, you know, cinema attendance is declining with the new, uh, you know, constant new ways of viewing, lots of people watching at home, streaming, um, SVOD. So that cinema-going audience is more and more um, prized and there's more and more competition. And the big films, especially the ones that come out of the US, the big Marvel films, etc., have such huge marketing budgets and they're the ones that everyone is seeing on billboards and buses and so forth. So for a small film, particularly an Australian film, um, it's, it's just very hard to kind of get those um, bums on seats, as it were. And I think this type of film really relies on word of mouth, but often the box office weekend is the make or break. And if you don't get enough sort of figures in the, that opening weekend, then it's it's not competitive for cinemas to keep the film on screens. Um, 
but unfortunately that doesn't allow for that kind of slow burn of word of mouth and people to you know tell their friends go and see it so yeah it's a tricky tricky one and um, that speaks to our experience of um, you know trying a few different avenues before we managed to find the right pathway for this film so we've, we've got a great distributor and um, we're very happy that we are finally coming out in in select cinemas so hopefully the film finds its audience and for Melbourne its audiences it's going to be on tonight at the Kino and uh, that's right yep March the 5th 7 p.m the Kino you want people to be there that tonight's an event screening so it's a, a Q&A with myself um, and Laura Gordon the lead actress uh, and t- today is also the national release date, so uh, the film will be playing in a number of cinemas um, across the country. And, uh, yeah, we'll hopefully get some people in. Thank you for talking to me this morning, Miranda. Oh, thanks, Annie. It's a pleasure. Tune in to 3CR on March 8th as we dish up another feast of radical ideas to end gender inequality. Centering the voices of First Nations, refugee, migrant women and gender diverse people. Challenging liberal and corporate feminisms in discussions on sovereignty, workers' rights, nuclear disarmament, environmental justice, animal rights, as well as music and performance. From 11pm Saturday, March 7 to midnight Sunday, March 8 on 3CR Digital, 8.55am and streaming at... 3cr.org.au Check the website for more details. Roasting the Patriarchy. Recipes for dismantling the system. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen. Mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. And you're back with Annie on Showreel on 3CR. And in the studio, we've got Spiro Econopolis. G'day, Spiro. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Yes, the uh, Melbourne Queer Film Festival, 30th anniversary. Absolutely. It's a, it's a big year for us um, and it's very exciting. It's been really exciting uh, programming the festival this year and sort of thinking about the festival's history and legacy as well. Yeah, well, that's one of the things we were going to cover on this program, which was... Uh, in fact, you've got a lot of uh, perspectives on the history, isn't? haven't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I thought this was a, a good year to um, think about that, I guess, and reflect and I think, uh, I think celebrate, um, you know, um, queer stories on screen, um, which is something that the festival has been doing for many years. And also, um, I was talking about this the other day, um, you know, the festival itself, when it first started 30 years ago, was really coming out of a great time for um, queer cinema, like the new queer cinema movement was like a burgeoning movement that was um, exploding and, uh, you know, our festival was, you know, in some respects maybe a bit of a response to that, but uh, I think it's really exciting. We're kind of, you know, resting on the shoulders of these incredible giants, uh, you know, filmmakers like Todd Haynes and Rose Troche and um, Cheryl Dunn and, you know, Gus Van Sant, Pedro Moldova, like, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. And you've actually even got a film in particular, which is Trans and Gender uh, Diverse Representations in Cinema, 
past, present and future. Now, that must have been a fascinating film to put together. Uh, that's actually a, a panel uh, oh, it's discussion. Oh, yes. Sorry. Um, and uh, I think it was a really great time to kind of look at this, particularly uh, with the program this year. Uh, we've got some pretty incredible um, trans content in the festival, uh, in particular uh, films like Lingua Franca, which is uh, one of the first uh, films that is written, directed and starring a trans woman of colour and also... Brief stories from the Green Planet, which is a um, which was the Teddy Award winner Berlin Film Festival last year for best film, which is one of the big queer awards of the year. And this is this really wonderful um, uh, small Argentinian film about a, a trans woman whose uh, grandmother basically gives her wills her a house, and she discovers that her grandmother was actually housing an alien, and so it becomes this very offbeat version of ET, I guess he could kind of describe it as. But I think it was really interesting to um, have that panel because I think those stories are, are really kind of diversifying and becoming more complex. So, so who's on the panel? Um, I'm the sorry panel, I didn't realise Oh, no, yeah, the panel's a bit of a TBC at the moment. We're kind of uh, getting all the panellists together right now, so um, they're kind of, we're going to be announcing the lineup over the next few days, which is pretty exciting. So yeah, well, there's going to be some right. good, good voices on there. Yeah, I should imagine so. Um, and you better hurry up because, of course, the uh, Melbourne Queer Film Festival starts on the 12th of March and goes to the 23rd of March. So that's... Next week. Next week. It sure <laughs> is. Yeah, not that I'm thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I notice you've got a fantastic uh, array of um, – oh, well, before we do leave that, mm. um, this is uh, background to the uh, many films. You've got lots of films. There's 113 sessions that are going to be on, lots of feature films, lots of shorts, and obviously uh, panels. But also you've got a masterclass – You've got masterclasses, you've got uh, people looking at script writing, that type of thing. So obviously you're putting into the craft, the the filmmaking craft. Absolutely, yeah. I think uh, one of the exciting things for us as a festival, and particularly over the, you know, the last few years, you know, we've increased our you know awards tally to up to I think at this point, you know, including cash and prizes, nearly seventy five thousand dollars, which is you know some of the biggest awards um, that any film festival has, and uh, I think it's important. yeah, filmmakers like money. It, well, yeah, and they need money because yeah. you know the <laughs> you know their opportunities to make films, uh, you know, they're not. Uh, as simply there as they used to be in terms of, you know, government grants and, you know, film funds and, you know, it's getting harder. And, uh, you know, like this year, for example, with the second year in a row, we've got Pitch Please. And uh, Pitch Please was a, a pitching competition we introduced last year. The prize was $10,000 to make a short film. And we're thrilled that we're actually screening the winning film of that this year, which is going to be a world premiere. It's going to be at the opening night uh, before the feature. And we're also screening it as part of our Strange Shorts package. And so... For us as a festival, it's really exciting to not only be putting on content, to be generators of it as well, and sort of really be part of that kind of dialogue of uh, you know queer cinema and stories, which is great. Which is that whole thing about uh, if your voice isn't there, then get up and do it and make sure your voice is there. Yeah, and we want to sort of provide a forum for people to be able to do that. And I think, um, yeah, you know, I think this is, you know, a role of the our festival, hopefully, you know, even more so as we kind of move into the future. So I think that's something really interesting. And now let's get to the shorts. Uh, I've, I've made a list. I don't know if he, even if I've got it right. So Guy on Guy. Uh, girl on Girl Shorts, Australian Shorts and Awards, Asia Pacific Shorts, Comedy Shorts, Animated Shorts, Documentary Shorts, Hooking Up Shorts, 
if you need some tips and um, <laughs> mixtape shorts. Yeah, laws. Yeah, we've got yeah, and many more. Like I think there's like about eleven or plus shorts packages. I think uh, I have to say that the shorts packages are probably the most fun for me in terms of programming. Um, I mean, simply because there's, there's so much great content out there, you know, and there's some really exciting voices and films i think filmmakers use shorts as a as an avenue to kind of you know a stepping stone essentially onto you know feature or feature documentary and i think uh, it's really exciting to see where those next big filmmakers are coming from and you know more often than not um you know, well shorts themselves are a completely different kettle of fish because i mean we just heard miranda saying that they made a short in order as a calling card for the feature that they wanted to make yes but yeah, then there's yes, also Almost like a, a one-liner, a quip. Yeah, you know. And in fact, actually, this year, uh, one of our feature films is a is a, a film called The Strong Ones, and this was actually uh, a short that we uh, screened back in 2016 called San Cristobal, and the filmmaker has taken that short and and developed, developed it into it. a feature film. Which uh, is and what's, really what's the result? What have you oh, noticed? The what did you? Oh, the, well, actually, well, quite interestingly, he's used the same actors. Yeah. But I think the film is wonderful. In actual fact, uh, you know, sometimes I think with shorts, when you think about, you know, their expansion, you sort of do worry whether there's, you know, padding, for example. But this has actually now been developed into this really complex, nuanced um, sort of love story about two men who are coming from very different sides uh, in terms of their lives who come together and sort of uh, it's about that push-pull about, you know, two people at very different points in their lives and, you know, how can you stay together? And I think, um, you know, a feature film sort of enables someone to flesh out some of those ideas that you just touch on in a short. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, it gives some more things to say. Uh, because you've, I mean, this is a really extensive program and it's got lots of depth. Like As you were saying, the 11 packages of shorts, uh, uh, many feature films, and another element which is really strong, and I think it's actually been quite strong for a long time in your programming, has been the diversity. They're from a lot of different countries. Absolutely, and I think uh, this year in particular... Um, I think this is probably one of the first years where we've had probably the least amount of films from North America, for example. Interesting. You know, and I think uh, what's exciting is that all the new queer voices and, and sort of interesting cinema in a way, it sometimes it's actually coming from countries where being um, gay is actually a crime or yeah, not legal. Exactly. And actually, and I think that's been really interesting as well when you look at um, our centerpiece film, for example, and then we dance, which is um, set in Georgia, and that you know very masculine, conservative Georgian dancing scene. Uh, you know, it's really important for us to be able to put those films on because you know that movie in its home country has been met with protests and you know a lot of kind of disruption at the screenings, and um, it sort of always reminds me about um, you know one of our roles as a festival is to kind of give voice to those films. Yeah, the. Um what are the themes? I mean, obviously, that's a theme in a sense, uh, uh, love and fighting for that love mm. effectively uh, within a cultural context. Mm. Uh, but um, I, And I suppose in a funny kind of a way, uh, queer uh, uh, life is a completely uh, clear statement of an individual's uh, separation from uh, social expectation, uh, yeah, right. So the community expectation, or mm -hmm. as it's expressed it within culture, yeah. the demands and expectations. But having a film festival like this 
allows people to actually say we're part of community here. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, uh, you know, we say it a, a lot and it's very true with our festival. It is really a community event in that I think it's very much about that joint experience that people have in coming to the cinema and just seeing themselves represented on the screen. I mean, I know that uh, queer lives and voices have, you know, it's really changed a lot in terms of um, how we represent it in television and in mainstream cinema, but... Um, it's still a tiny, tiny piece. And I think our festival provides, you know, this really kind of rich tapestry of so many different stories that people can kind of see. And it's still very potent. I mean, I, if I see myself on the big screen, it's, it's something that's really powerful and exciting. Oh, yeah. And, and one thing that's a really important element is that uh, you're doing breakaway sessions in country areas. Yes, yeah. And I think that's actually another really important factor is being able to bring the festival out to areas that, you know, don't so much have access. Sometimes it's about the fact that, you know, they're living in smaller communities where it's still difficult to be out and gay and, you know, these um, and isolating. And so, you know, these kind of um, opportunities provide us with a forum for people to come to a space and, you know, hopefully maybe, you know, meet some like-minded people and see themselves on screen as well. So, so think, Shepparton and Morwell? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're also in, we're in Geelong, we're in Bendigo. Um, I think there's a couple of other ones that have just escaped my mind. But, yes, we... Uh, Was that difficult to arrange? That must have been um, uh, another part. I mean, so many elements to the your work. It's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we, we worked, uh, we work with community groups and in particular, uh, Geelong's become a bit of an established festival now that's kind of, you know, flourishing on its own as, as Bendigo is as well. So we kind of help with that programming. Uh, the other festivals are the ones that we kind of sort of run on this our own. Uh, and it's a, really a lot about the support we get from, you know, local queer groups and community organisations that are there sort of planting the seeds for us as well. And then, you know, we go out there too, obviously, and, you know, kind of introduce sessions. And, you know, I think it's a it's a really interesting experience and something that we hope to, you know, expand even more, you know, in the future. Oh, tell, so the dates are 12th to the 23rd? Yeah, so next week, yep, yeah, tickets are on sale now and uh, it's good to see things are sort of selling well, which is very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're selling well. That's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, of course. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I've looked at the program. It's amazing. <laughs> People should go online and check the, the films out. They are just really fascinating films. And uh, also, uh, the uh, locally, there's going to be, they're going to be showing at uh, the village at the Jam Factory and at Nova, and also. They're the main uh, cinemas, mm-hmm. right? And the Capitol as well. And the Capitol, that's it. I really knew there was exciting. another one. Yeah. Yeah, so the Capitol is such a beautiful oh, cinema. Oh, it's amazing. And I think, yeah, if you've never been there, this is your opportunity yeah, to check it out. Yeah, this is your opportunity to check it out. Thank you very much for coming in and having a chat. Thanks and, so much. Uh, that's it for uh, the show today. Coming up next is uh, Published or Not. And uh, we're going to go out with a nice little number, Future. Pausing in the present and we're so hyper away Insufficiency or vapor trying hard to care But evolution now has led to such great stagnant Killing revolution to preserve hegemony hey. 
strip the concrete as the naked bear the load But all these tricky questions for all of us wealthy intellects Go beyond the giants now You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.